Hey everybody, welcome back to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and on today's episode, it's going to be a little different, I'll tell you why. So we're doing season 6 episode 19 called Nancy's Choice. It premiered on January 31st, 1996. However, I have a guest on this episode. So Monica Schnarr, who played Elle, who we saw on the season finale last year with Steve, um, she uh, was the transgender woman that Steve had a little bit of a crush on. She returned in this episode and I got to sit down and speak to her and have a really great conversation with her. So I'm going to do a really quick recap of the show and then we'll get into the interview with her. So um, let's get into it. So um, the episode starts out and Susan wrote a piece about woman having an abortion. Um, so it's been nominated for an award. Brandon thinks, uh, you know, Brandon's going to obviously go with her. Jonathan is back in town for the award dinner because Jonathan keeps popping up always. Um, but he was the editor at the time. So he is going to um, come as well. And Brandon is not pleased about this because uh, Brandon does not like Jonathan. Kelly is doing awful in school because she all she just seems to be doing lately is a lot of cocaine. So she is um, missing classes, not doing great. She's speaking to her advisor about it. Not doing uh, too good with the uh, school front for her. Claire wants to find a date uh, or a woman for her dad, and she's talking to Steve about it. Um, you know, she wants to set him up. She wants him to, uh, you know, I guess be happy because um, I don't know how old she was when her mother died, but it seems that maybe her father has been single since. Susan uh, is talking to Jonathan, um, and he basically admits that he's, still in love with her um Brandon is obviously not too happy about this um and Susan explains to Brandon that Jonathan is pro-life did not want her to write the abortion piece uh which is called Nancy's Choice the name of the episode and um he also thinks the story was an invasion of Nancy's privacy and that they're just kind of having um they had a rough I think the story really was rough for them because of his stance um, regarding uh, abortion. So Claire and Steve are shopping. And as they were shopping, one of the women that Steve is checking out happens to be L. L. we saw on the um, finale episode. She was the transgender woman that Steve... Uh, kind of made out with and freaked out with, uh, you know, a little bit. And um, Claire meets her, uh, but Steve does not divulge any details about their last encounter. He said that they just went on a date, which is true. They did go on a date um, and it ended not how he kind of expected it to end. So, um then we see Don and Joe planning a weekend trip to Santa Barbara. Um, so I guess he's good to go after he was running the steps in the last episode when it kind of seemed like he couldn't breathe. So I guess he's feeling better now. Uh, Kelly is apologizing to Donna about her recent behavior. Um, you know, basically saying everyone's been on her case. And Donna says she shouldn't be annoyed at anyone because everyone was getting on her, you know, on your case because they care about you. They love you. So it's not, you know, relax. So then um, at the Walsh's, Claire tells Brandon that Steve ran into Elle, admitting that she's worried that Steve will ditch her for Elle. Not really saying that, but she's just kind of, you know, jealous a little bit. And Brandon laughs, saying you obviously have nothing to worry about. Um, because obviously Brandon knows and then he teases Steve about it and, uh, they tell Claire it was a misunderstanding and he tells her the truth, um, about Elle, but Claire 
doesn't believe it. She thinks that he is lying. So Valerie then goes to Colin to talk about um, a collector that she had met that saw his artwork that's interested in, um, you know, kind of getting some pieces from him. She um, also kind of gives him a lecture about his drug use and Kelly's there and she's like, you know what, let me take care of my boyfriend. So why don't you leave us alone? So, um, yeah. Then uh, Kelly spends the night studying for a test and in the morning when Colin offers her some cocaine to help her wake up because lots of people will need cocaine to wake up she decides she's going to stop using um and colin is saying fine more for me so he's going to still do it but she uh she wants him to stop also she's like i think we should kind of just call it a day so then um i guess susan bumped one of brandon's articles and obviously he takes it very personal um that her his article got bumped so he decided to tell her go to the award dinner by yourself i'm not coming with you so he's acting very very mature um because why not colin shows up to uh show his work to the art collector that valerie set him up with um he also tells valerie that he's done using cocaine she thinks that um, that's great. Um, he can have a great career. He needs to just focus on his art and maybe not do drugs. But So she's happy that he's not doing uh, drugs anymore. Then we see uh, Chancellor Arnold arrive at the dinner without a date. Um, Claire wanted to set him up with someone. They didn't um, have anyone. However, someone is there who catches his eye. It's Elle. Steve reluctantly introduces them, um, but Chancellor invites Elle to join them for dinner at the table, and Claire thinks it's cute. Um, Claire also did not believe that Elle was transgender, um, so she is cool with whatever. Brandon is at the Peach Pit um, wearing a suit, even though he said he's not going to the dinner. Um, he doesn't get why Jonathan is in town for the dinner. Um, I don't understand why he doesn't fully understand why, because if he was the editor for the paper when this article was written and this article is up for an award, I assume he would get some kind of award as well, right? Like the newspaper does, not just the person. The newspaper does for basically uh, telling the story, I guess. So Claire thinks that Steve is jealous over her dad uh, spending the evening with Elle. Uh, Brandon uh, decides to come to the award show. I guess Nat gave him some good advice. And when he uh, gets there, he sees, um, you know, what happened with, um, he's kind of seeing what's going on with Elle and with Arnold. And he's kind of think, he thinks it's funny. Um, David runs into Kelly at the Peach Pit and she assures him that she's done with drugs. Uh, so he doesn't have to worry about her anymore. She swears that she only used it as a response to her issues with her father. And David makes a valid point that usually uh, maybe crying is a reasonable reaction to a situation that and not using cocaine. Um, and he thinks, you know, it's great, but he does not believe that she is just going to stay sober now because she wants to. Um, he... He's worried about her his sister, which he's right to. Colin's artwork has sold for $10,000, which surprises him since he's only sewn two pieces and they weren't that much. So he's not some big established artist as if he wants to appear to be, but um, he decides to use the money for more drugs. So Valerie just gave him basically $10,000 and he's going to use that for cocaine. Um, I don't know, $10,000, I would pay off some bills, save some rent money. But sure, if you want to use it for cocaine, good for you, Colin. 
Then at the award dinner, um, the women at the table uh, get to um, kind of having a conversation about pregnancy, which Susan thinks um, sounds horrible, like actually like being pregnant, which Elle thinks it sounds nice. Um, Arnold asks Elle if she has any children, if she's ever been pregnant. And you see, like, Steve and Brandon, like, leaning in for an answer and then kind of smirk when she says that she is unable to have children. Um, Brandon then turns to Jonathan and asks him kind of his feeling, and he's obviously says that he's pro, uh, pro-life and kind of insinuate that that her writing the story had something to do with the breakup um but before he can kind of really answer anything um susan's category is up she wins the award so in her acceptance speech she talks about how women who have abortions live with their decisions for the rest of their lives and she wants to honor those women and their choice and their courage um I mean, this is definitely a touchy subject for people. Um, so I think that it is good they tackled it. Because, you know, there's multiple arguments for both sides. So I think it's, um, and it's still today, a very um, topical conversation. Uh, pro-choice, pro-life, anything like that. So we then see Colin making dinner for Kelly to celebrate the uh, sale of his artwork. Um and she's happy. She thought he was going to provide cocaine, but he didn't. He really just cooked dinner, so she's happy about that. So it seems um, maybe he's just going to keep, you know, the cocaine for himself because she is, um, she's not going to do it anymore, so she says. Um, then Steve sneaks into the women's bathroom to tell Elle to leave before Arnold finds out that she is trans. Um, Claire's eavesdropping. Steve does not know this. Um, but Steve tells Elle that, uh, he's in love with Claire and, um, I don't know. I mean, now he's some great guy, I guess. This this episode did bother me a little bit because they did kind of make it out a little bit as if L is trying to trick, trick, like trick Arnold and like mess with Steve. And I don't like the, you know, I don't like it. I said this the last episode, this not, this wouldn't be done today. It just, it's not, um, it's a very different time. It just wouldn't be done today. And if it was, it would just be in a very, very different um, different way of things. So um, after the dinner, Brandon is uh, talking to Susan and he tells her that she should probably give Nancy a call to let her know about the ward. And here Susan confesses to Brandon that she is in fact Nancy. Um, Brandon now gets it. That's why she and Jonathan broke up. She had the abortion. And he uh, obviously didn't want to uh, her to have the abortion. And she asked Brandon if he feels any different knowing this. And he assures her he doesn't. Um, Jonathan comes over to break up the conversation And I guess he wants to talk to Susan again, lecture her again about having an abortion. And she blasts him, basically saying that you were pro-choice until you were in a situation where you couldn't make the choice. Um, So she felt like you were pro-choice the entire time. And once it kind of hit close to home, you decided you wanted to have the baby, but it wasn't your choice. It was my choice. And I chose to get rid of the baby. Um, so, I don't know. But, uh, he basically kind of apologizes and and congratulates her for the award. So, I guess, 
I don't know. I mean, it's like he, they broke up because of this, but it's like he still loves her. Does he still want to be with her, even though this seems like it's a very kind of tight issue that happened between them? I, I don't know. Um, Arnold asks Elle out for a drink after the award show. She does want to accept, but she remembers Steve's plea, and she tells him thanks but no thanks and kind of just gives him an excuse. Um, Arnold is definitely disappointed uh, since he got to spend a wonderful evening with a woman who seemed interested in him, even though I do think she was just messing with Steve. We then see Valerie um, at the end, worried about Colin, um, about what he's going to do with his money. David tells her that Kelly might uh, be able to get him to stop doing drugs. Uh, I, 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 he, 10 minutes ago, didn't think that she was going to be able to stop, and now he thinks that she can stop him from doing it i don't know um susan tells brandon jonathan forgave her and um i don't know i think susan and brandon are boring couple i'm not i don't like it i'm not into it um i'm gonna do a rating at one point in the next few episodes about i've i haven't done i'll do my favorite characters which i haven't done in a little bit and then i'll do all the couples because i think everyone's pretty much coupled up at this point so i'll do both um and then uh it's a big day colin and kelly's first day of sobriety how does the day end with some cocaine so uh david was right that basically uh she was gonna fall back into it and she does so that is uh that is the kind of the gist of the episode hi how are you good how are you good thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it so before we get into like 90210 and stuff, it just kind of, you know, where you grew up, like how'd you get yeah. into acting and modeling, kind of like, you know, fill me in on your background a little bit. So I started modeling when I was 13 and it was a pretty crazy whirlwind career. In the beginning, I, I won a contest. Um, before there was America's Next Top Model, there was a contest called the Face of the 80s. And, um, and I was submitted for Canada and I won, um, and then I won the contest. Um, and so within six months, I was in LA on stage um, winning this contest at 14 years old. And um, just, just crazy how quickly it went. And then I started acting and, um, and, that's, and that's what I did for the next 30 years after that. Did you want to go, because you were so young, like modeling at 13, is it something you wanted or like did someone push you? Like how, you know, how'd that kind of get started? So I actually never even thought about it or entertained the idea. Um, I mean, I was only 13. Yeah. I was going to be a doctor. And then my, I kept, I caught wind of people telling my mother that, oh, you're, you know, because I was 5'11", oh, your daughter should model. Yeah. And um and so I asked her to take me and she said no. And so I made eight appointments myself. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And I still have the piece of paper and they had open calls on Saturdays. And, um, and I, I said, mom, we have eight appointments and um, you can take me or I'm going to take the subway. <laughs> and so she took me. So why, so I, cause I know, you know, I'm from New York. So a lot of models are um, here. Why did you go like LA instead of New York? So I actually went New York. I New lived York. in New York. Um, sorry, I skipped that part. I lived <laughs> in New York. Um, so after I won the contest okay, um, until about 19 and then I just really needed to find myself to grow up. I needed some autonomy and I moved to LA um, at 19. So did you, like, while you were modeling, like, start thinking, like, oh, I want to do a little bit more acting? Because obviously L.A. is a little bit more acting-wise. Right. So what happened was I, I was a little unhappy uh, modeling, and I was, it was just, it was a really tough, it's a really tough career, especially when you're so young. I was mm -hmm. always traveling. I was always on a plane. I was always alone. And I started thinking about, I loved drama class in high school, and um, well, I guess junior high, and I thought, well, 
you know, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could give it a go. So mm -hmm. at 19, against the wishes of my, my, my modeling agent, Eileen Ford, uh, I moved to LA. Nice. So um, 90210, it was, um, I think the first episode you did, it was like season five finale. So it was kind of really established. So I guess um, you obviously knew of the show, I assume, like, yeah. were you a fan? Did you watch it at all? You know, I I had, um, of course, seen a few episodes, but I didn't really watch it. No, I wasn't, you know, I had met Jason Priestley, I think, a few times prior to the show, but um, yeah. I didn't watch the show regularly. I, I mean, I heard from Brian Austin Green that Jason is Mr. Canada, so I don't know yeah. if there's the yeah. Canadian. He loves Canadian, and he was very sweet and welcoming. <laughs> That's what, you know, it's funny. I've heard, not that it's funny, but I've heard from every single person I've spoke to on the show that he was so welcoming to everyone on the show he that was. he was really like a great kind of, you know, really he was. people. He was really an ambassador for the show. He, you know, people would come on set and it is, like you said, it, it was established. It was intimidating to mm -hmm. enter a show um, at that stage. And it, you know, every, you just feel like a very small, um, part of the, <laughs> the puzzle, you know? Right. So when you auditioned for the show, um, mm -hmm. did you know, so the character of Elle is, yeah. it's an, it's an interesting thing because today I don't yeah. think, um, it would just be very different. So she yeah. is supposed to be a transgender, you know, yeah. character. did you know that going in or did they tell you afterwards? No, I knew it going in and you know, in hindsight, now that we're much more educated and woke, I wouldn't have taken the role because I would want it to go to a transgender woman. Right. But I mean, I was, I don't know, what year was my... Um, I think it my, was 95. 95? Yeah. 94, maybe. So, you know, as a such a young woman, I didn't like I didn't even think about it. I didn't think uh, if it was politically correct to play the role that I was taking a role away from someone who oh, yeah. more deservedly should have it. <laughs> because no, I, I mean, I don't I think anyone it. thought it back no, then. That's the difference. No. Exactly. Yeah. And um so, you know, in hindsight, yes, I would I wouldn't have taken it, but I knew what the role was. I thought it was fun. I thought it was, you know, obviously um, a fun show to be on because it was so popular. Mm -hmm. And then, to my surprise, we had more than, they brought me back, which yes. was nice. Because you did, uh, I think, three? I or think you I did, did like three. A, yeah. A very, they ha I think they may have played on the third episode a clip. I don't think I actually went to set. I did two episodes, and then maybe they did a flashback which is nice because you still get paid residual. You get <laughs> so you have three. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and you did get to make out with um, Ian Ziering. Yeah, so not bad. A, it's not a bad day. No, it's funny. I've, I've said like, um, since I'm doing this rewatch for the show, I was always a Jason Priestley girl, like growing mm -hmm. up, like loved mm -hmm. him, but I was like watching it, still love him, but I was like in college, I think I shifted to uh, mm -hmm. Ian a little bit more. Oh, and, okay. And I think post, you know, post high school, I'll probably be Brian Austin Green. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I would have been, uh, well, they were all much smaller than me, so they weren't <laughs> my type exactly. Um, just nothing personal, just my height is so prohibitive prohibitive with when you're dating um yeah but i'm a luke perry fan i would have been i mean love luke obviously yeah. but um i think so were you were not really a fan or you kind of just you know you knew you know, to be honest with you i didn't watch and i still don't have this is terrible to say as an actress but i don't watch a lot of tv no i don't have cable right now because i have a son i just don't i never got into i watch a lot of movies but i never got into tv shows that's, yeah, I mean, fair. No, a lot of people don't, you know, so it's not, you know, it's not. Odd. I know, I feel terrible saying that because I made my living as an, as a TV actress, essentially, you know, so. But in theory, I mean, that's what you do for a living, so it's not something that you need to, yeah. you know, that's. I don't want to take my work home with me. Exactly, a lot of people don't, like, for, you know, regular people that are not on television, like, that is kind of an escape for them a little bit from, yeah, like, their work. Exactly. Kind of the same thing in a theory. Exactly. Um, so, I guess, going back a little bit, so, walk me through kind of the, how the, um, 
audition went, like that whole process? Sure. Um, from what I remember, <clears throat> it may have been right to producers, which means you do, you get to skip the pre, uh, you know, pre-audition. And mm -hmm. then you go to the, the pre-audition is usually for the casting assistant. <laughs> and then you go to the casting director and then you go to producer if you're lucky. And I think I went right to producers, maybe just, um, I think they were having a really hard time, to be honest with you, casting the role. And um, they had seen trans women, but they didn't feel they were believable and the audience would be, you know, wouldn't, they would know right, right away. So they had trouble casting the role. So I think because, because I'm six two, and so I went, I went right to producers. Um, I believe Darren Starr was in the room. Mm -hmm. And years later, I auditioned for a different show for him. And he said, you did 90210? And I said, yeah, the, the trans woman? Don't you, don't you <laughs> recognize me? Um, he kind of laughed and um, had forgotten about that that audition but um so it was it was just they all laughed when i because at one point on the car when i'm with ian i have to say oh honey like you didn't know and i put on a really deep voice <clears throat> and um of course they dubbed it later i was gonna say they used an actual man's voice though which i i really hated to be honest with you because it was obviously dubbed and obviously i think it would have been funnier if they used like a really if they had maybe tuned my voice lower an octave yeah and um but it was like um oh, honey like you didn't they overacted this line and they and picked a man moving. with a very deep voice also a very deep voice yes and sounded like a, i sounded like a gay man which is fine but i just felt that they could have used my voice <laughs> and made right. it a little more believable but whatever it was right. still it was still funny right um, but I assume they were looking for model types because I think that was the whole thing. Like Steve, that's Steve's yes, that L he liked, yeah, he liked him and he, she's he gotta be a, model, like stuff like that. So yeah, so they wanted her, you know, not to to present as a man and or trans, and right. um, and they I don't know if they specifically said model, but uh, you know, Ian has a crush on this woman and and then finds out later that it's she's not. She's Did you guys film that in? Because I think it was Palm Springs. They were. Were you guys really down there, or was it just somewhere in LA? It was somewhere in LA, but not not directly. I think it was made something like Anaheim. I remember shooting the car scene in a parking lot, but we weren't down like uh, in Beverly Hills or anything. Okay, cool. Maybe um, an hour away. So when so that was the season five finale, and then I guess middle of season six they brought you back. Yeah. Um, did you like know you were going to come back, or was it like a surprise when they called you? It was a surprise because when I usually when you audition they say, "Oh, this is a three um, episode arc," and this time they didn't say anything like that. They just um, it was a one episode off, and then I was super happy to. And then I, you know, and a funny story behind the scenes, I was dating someone and he was not okay with it. He was, because his friends made fun of him, you know, hey, are you dating a trans? Oh. So, oh, and I have to tell you, it was so inappropriate for, for years after the episodes, I would get, um, oh, are you, you know, are you really a dude? Drunk guys at a bar would be like, are you? Come on, are you dude? You know, oh, I was gonna ask you that if anyone actually thought that you were. Yeah, I have been asked. You know, just again, my size, my sheer size, and the size of my hands. Um, I'd be at a gay bar, and um, sometimes, you know, women would come up to me and say, "Are you like, are you, you know, quite like politely?" Yes. Um, because they wanted to know what team I was playing for. <laughs> but, but, um, but after the show, yes, you know, drunk college guys would ask me if um, inappropriate questions. That's so, I mean, it's just, I mean, I guess because of the time, it's just so odd, you know. Like no one I, would do it now. No. Right? No. It, all of the things are wrong about the whole thing would now not happen. <laughs> I know. I mean, so the, the second episode, because I had just rewatched that one. And his reaction was kind of funny though, but like, so you see Steve shopping with his girlfriend and he spots yeah. Elle and he like, like he kind of like freaks out. Right, which these days is inappropriate to Completely. make fun of. 
to yeah. um to there was and there was a lot of jokes between like the characters like about it and i'm just like this would so not be like the lgbt would have a field day with oh my gosh episode. and i recognize that now and that and that's yeah. why now these days i wouldn't i wouldn't do it you know but uh, at the time it was um it was just kind of acceptable and now it's so mean you realize how mean yeah. it is but the thing is there's if they did do the role, it would 100% go to a transgender woman. Yes. And also they wouldn't make the jokes that they were making also. No. Like they just wouldn't, you know, yeah. so a lot of it would be very different. Exactly. Cause exactly. it seems like they made it almost as if like the character L was manipulating Steve. Right. Like right. she was like, she was messing with him. And then it was, I think uh his girlfriend's dad you had seen Nick yes Nick i had a date with yes yeah so when a date and it was almost like she was doing it to like make a dig at steve because then he asked her oh oh right right i never thought of it that way yeah i, I mean just re-watching it like seeing right. the yeah, yeah, of, like, yeah. 2021 lenses <laughs> right know? right it's interesting yeah. um but all of the shaming and the you know it was like a, it was awful how we treated Elle. It was awful. It really you know, was. All of the movies back then made it disgusting when the guy finds out. And, and we know now that that's really hurtful, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, completely. It's just, um, I mean, I think it's good in the sense that we've evolved and we oh, see sure. that, like, then, you know, things maybe be, yeah. you know, just wasn't right, but we didn't realize it then. You know, I think that we're all kind of being educated, I think, a little bit yeah. more, which is important. Yeah, exactly. So most of your scenes, though, were with Ian. Yeah. Um, I mean, you did actually work with, I mean, Jason was in um, some scenes. Yeah. And the second episode as well, because we were all at the dinner scene. Right, right. Dad. Jason. So how was um like how was working with Ian? He was really fun. You know, he's one of those people that just works really hard and mm -hmm. um, loves his job, and there's no sort of ego. And he told me that when he auditioned, he threw out the he saw a stack of actors' headshots and he threw them out because he he really wanted the role. And I I I kind of respect that. He went for it. He wanted it. He got it. And he's to this day, he's just a really hardworking actor, which I respect. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, also like completely like evolved, like the, all those Sharknado movies. And a skincare line, I think. He's very, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. I think he's also done Chippendales and stuff too. Oh, well, he works out really hard. Yeah. He looks great. Like, yeah. Good for know. him. It's funny. So any kind of like fun, like behind the scenes stories or any fun um, memories that you kind of remember? Um, no, obviously on the car, it was awkward because he has to reach down my dress and pull out this jelly. Yeah. Tube. And so that was, <laughs> all of that was just lots of giggles. Did you have it like elsewhere just so like he's not like actually going down there? Or? I don't remember. So the dress was that red dress. I don't think I could have on a bra or anything. So he was going down there. Okay. And so there were lots of giggles and you know he had a and had was faithful and very sweet. Not that he would have wanted to be, yeah. but he was very respectful. Be, oh, yeah, like respectful and stuff. Yeah. Appropriate about that. Yeah, he was. Yeah. It was very respectful, but just lots of giggles on the car, and you know, everything was really, really funny. It was really funny, which I feel bad for now because <laughs> it, it, at the expense of the transgender community. But it was um. You know, she had was transitioning. She hadn't transitioned. So the cookies, we call them cookies, or the jelly, were mm -hmm. in, and and presumably she hadn't had bottom surgery. So that's where you know a lot of the humor in movies comes from. And there were lots of jokes on set. Right, because she hadn't fully uh, right. transitioned yet. She, so she presented as a woman, but not. <laughs> Had yeah. not um, had the, but the, the voice went well, you know, because usually I think the voice is the, you know, I think usually um, when a man is transitioning to a woman, the yeah. last thing is the voice. It takes a right. while for that to change. Right. right. So you're saying my voice was good? I have a terribly soft voice. I don't know if it was perfect for the role, though. <laughs> but 
but she was on, I would say she was on hormones. <laughs> she right. Didn't. She was taking her, yeah, her estrogen. She was taking her estrogen. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Um, so did you like watch it all like afterwards or I mean, just kind of like. I watched I mean, my I episodes and I think you always have to do, um, you know, ADR. You have to do some voice work after, but I didn't. I just watched the ones I was in and to this day I'll get a random check for 79 cents from some country where it's played, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's usually, you know, I'm watching it on um, Hulu now. Okay, okay. Um, but certain channels, yeah, like replayed it like a lot, quite a bit. So yeah. it was not. I mean, they made a lot of money. The, the principals, the principal actors made a lot of money in residual. They and must. Day, yeah. Oh, it's good as it should be because yeah you know it's like an athlete you you don't know if you're ever going to have another gig you might not have sharknado you know <laughs> exactly right yeah not all of them i mean jason i know does a lot of directing now i mean they yeah. did he did have that reboot a little bit last year that they did yeah what happened with that was it short-lived yeah i think you know for some people it was a little too meta because they were playing themselves mm. and it was themselves like working together to do a reboot so it was oh. like a little too meta I think for people oh, where it's like oh, they would I make like kind of jokes about themselves in real oh. life um but never I don't know I guess I liked it I thought it was actually kind of interesting how they did it um but yeah. didn't work out disappeared. yeah yeah I think they did like 10 episodes and then it just maybe oh. not didn't get picked up or something like that they did a few oh, okay and I think and the timing was unfortunate because it was right after Luke, unfortunately, passed away. Mm. Where would you say that Elle is today? Mm. I like to ask this question. Well, I hope she's happy. I hope she's met a nice boy or man. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that she's enjoying living in a world that's more accepting and woke and yeah. um, uses the correct pronouns and... <laughs> um, doesn't ask her if she's had bottom surgery. We've all learned so much, you know. I think it's great now you're seeing that um, kids are more, I think, um, welcoming and, you know, mm -hmm. more comfortable saying who yeah. they are and stuff. I mean, yeah. everyone knows a gay or, you know, transgender yeah, person. 100%. Even in my son's school, there's a, 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 a cis girl who presents as a boy and it's, how old how old is she oh she's young she must be eight you know okay. and but it's just um it's just no big deal yeah it's just oh and my my best friend is a married to a man and I, i'll say it's so nice to to hear my son say something like oh brad's husband you know <laughs> and it's just it's it's a non-issue so you continued with acting and stuff after mm -hmm. um 90210 yeah so like um do you have any upcoming projects like kind of like where are you now like what are you working on i know you're in canada so i've been concentrating on the last um few years when i moved home to toronto in in 2007 on creating brands um in canada that that have my name on them so i've had a, a line of clothing and currently i have a skincare line i still do the odd uh, acting job but i've really been a full-time mom and I wanted to be home with my son, um, mm -hmm. especially the first few years. And now I'm starting to think about it again and auditioning again. I haven't really been pursuing acting for, for years, mm -hmm. but it's nice. It was, it's fun to get in front of the camera. And these days, oh my God, it's so much easier because everything is over Zoom. I don't have to drive two, four hours to go to Toronto round trip and um, have an audition. It's, you know, I can go right into the producer session with my camera and it's a lot easier right and then you'll find out like if you book it or not you could just then you have to go but it was just like yeah. probably so much easier now it's to do that way easier and you can be a stay-at-home mom and still you know audition for a huge uh television series so yeah. I really, I love sci-fi. Um, that sort of was my niche. You know, I played mm -hmm. a sorceress on Beastmaster and um, bec because my height is prohibitive, you know, obviously with lead actors. Um, um, I don't know how tall Ian was. I, I feel like he's not he sure. Jason's on the shorter side, yeah. but I think yeah. that Ian, 
Well, it's funny, Brian, I did say to him, it was funny because he was the youngest when he started on the show. So he was really short. And I said, by the end of the series, you were the tallest one. <laughs> oh, and I think he's probably six feet, maybe. So yeah. Brian's maybe like 5'10", five, 5'11", five, or something like that. Well, my hope is to do a, maybe one more. I'd love to have, I've had three series leads. I'd like to have one more and then call it a day. <laughs> that would be my, my dream. I'd love so, to do a sci-fi show. I was just going to say specifically like kind of sci-fi or you're open to <laughs> Just genre. because it's, I feel comfortable in that genre. I don't really book the, the girl next door. I don't book the, you know, I book the transgender alien. <laughs> transgender <laughs> alien. But I won't book it anymore because I will give it to. <laughs> right, right. I do think though that if they are casting for that role, they I don't even think they would bring women in. Not they anymore. Specifically no. transgender no. women. Yeah. That was just my my old joke ten years ago. Like that's the the role. Those are the roles I would book. Now I would love to book, you know, um sci-fi, something that um there's a show, oh my god, what is Expanse. I'd love to be on the Expanse where all the actors are tall because there's no gravity. They're all like long. Oh, so it's have you ever had to deal with, so because of your height, um, mm. actors that you're working across with that they kind of, do they put them on a... I've got so many times I just take off my shoes. I'll see the camera guy or woman looking at me and trying to figure out how, because I look so tall. You know, I made a joke on um, the other day on my Instagram page because I, I would say, and it wasn't truthful, but I would say that I was six feet for acting. And then the actor, the lead actor would say he's six feet, but really he's 5'10 and I'm 6'2. And then we show up in Prague and, you know, and then I put heels on and it's just a nightmare. Well, men typically, I think, lie about their heights anyway. Yeah. So you've got to... If you're a six foot woman, you generally lie as well. <laughs> so you're saying you're a little bit shorter, just, yeah. And yeah. then... For the, for the producers, not to scare them. I know it's not honest, but I'm just telling you the truth. I would lie about my height. They would lie about their height. And then we show up in some country and they can't change the casting because we're already there. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't so good to lie. It wasn't so smart. So they'll have the men, you were barefoot or something. And then, and they'll, then they'll stand on, it's called like a half apple, a apple box. But yeah. they do a half apple or a quarter. Yeah, I've heard like yeah, Tom Cruise has to do that like basically in all, all the time. Movies. Yeah, and he he buys expensive shoes that are made for him that have little like lifts. Yeah. yeah lifts. I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it is funny. There's one movie he did. I was like laughing about where he's like in. It was probably a Mission Impossible. Like circled with a bunch of guys. And he's like supposed to be like eye level. I'm like these guys are huge. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> did they cheat it? Yeah, oh, you know what it was? It was um, Henry Cavill, who is oh. Superman. And I oh. think he's like 6'4", or something oh. like that. And, and they, they had... The same. Yeah. Yeah, so... Wanna, same as Brad Pitt in um, the vampire movies. Oh, Interview he's, with the Vampire. Is he yeah. shorter also? Yeah. He's, well, no, um, Tom is shorter than Brad, but he wanted to be taller. I read and um brad was very sweet about it and just said oh it was a character choice <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think it was an ego choice yeah i mean i guess but if you're tom cruise you're tom cruise like yeah. i mean everyone already knows so it's like no makes no difference yeah yeah at this point and then you marry nicole kidman your people are gonna know right well i think also katie holmes is pretty tall also mm -hmm. i believe it's interesting. so yeah I guess he likes taller women that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what'd you guys, I mean, how were, um, how was quarantine for, you know, you, your family and, you know, what do you guys you know, do to keep yourself busy? Really lucky because in can I live in basically in the country, so we can go hiking and biking and not run into anyone. So in that it's a big, it's a blessing because we were in a condo in Toronto and I thought, I think I would have lost my mind with a seven year old. I would have lost my mind and yeah. a lot of I understand the stress on people because I mean in the winter when we're inside um, uh, often you know it's really hard they get bored that you need to entertain them and you need to try and um, you know make a living and clean the house and I right. get all of these things have a zoom meeting when someone's just 
when I was talking to you, he's, he's over there talking, <laughs> you know, it's really difficult. And, um, but I've, I've survived. How about you? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm in Manhattan. So it was a little, you know, we had it obviously very, very bad, very early. Um, just, and what's it like now? Are you vaccinated or what? So I'm fully it? vaccinated now. Um, okay. I got my second shot, uh, three weeks ago. So okay. yeah, fully oh. vaccinated. Um, now in the, you know, in New York city, it's, it's better. I mean, everyone's still wearing masks going out and stuff. Um, but now that the weather's getting a little bit nicer, I think it's good. Like I've seen so many restaurants that I loved, unfortunately close, which is just yeah, awful. Heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But we were able to, um, all the restaurants have like outdoor seating now. So I think it's a lot more. And I, I personally feel a little bit more comfortable going okay, okay. ride the subway for a year just because, yeah. you know, A, I had nowhere to go and B, was, <laughs> you know, nervous to kind of, you know, go anywhere. I mean, I don't think I, I mean, if I had it, I had no symptoms. So I was yeah. kind of lucky from that aspect. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's much better now. My whole family is vaccinated, which is good. Like, I'm happy about that. So I think, you know, it's much better. Are yeah. you like, how's, um, how are you, how's everything with like Canada and like getting the... Uh, we are, um, we're embarrassingly behind the world. I think we're in 47th place for getting the vaccine. Oh, really? Um, I don't know I, what happens there exactly. Um, a lot of finger pointing, but we are, it's rolling out slowly. My mom, the elderly have had their first shots or okay. if they have access to it. My mom's had her first shot. I, I'm not eligible yet. Is it over, what is it, 60 or something? Because that's Well, what we right now, yeah. They yeah. went, yeah, 80, 60. And now you can if you were born in 1971, but you have to be in a hotspot. I was born in 1971, but I'm in the country, so I'm not in a hot spot. So uh, like I'll figure it out. I'll, yeah, more rural. So um, I'll figure out how, like, I have to get it because I take care of my mom. Right. I do her groceries and I want to feel safer, you know, even right. she's only had one shot and you can still get it. Yeah. Right. They said, yeah, because I had heard a story that someone that had the vaccine but it was, they had it early, like they, they had their second shot, but I don't know if it was the, because it takes about two weeks before yeah. it was supposed to be. Oh, you don't know if they had the incubus. Yeah, and then they got COVID, but it was a milder case. Okay, well, that's so, what it essentially does. You yeah. won't die from it. You can still get sick. Right, but I mean, you can still be a carrier. I think that's the thing That's also. the problem, right? You because can carry it. People aren't really educated. I, I don't, they think, oh, I have the vaccine, I'm safe. But you're actually, now you're a, a right. potent carrier because you think you don't have to wear a mask, right? Right. I mean, I did see the CDC say that if you are with people that are also fully vaccinated, you could okay. be indoors without masks. Okay, okay so, good. That's um, good to know. Yeah, they, they said that because I have a family event coming up soon and we're yeah. all talking about like masks and stuff, but it's like literally my entire family is fully oh. vaccinated. So we're like, oh. okay, we feel a little bit better. Okay, a little bit better. Yeah. My mom just came for her 87th birthday. She hasn't been out of the house in a year. So we got on, um, we had our rapid COVID tests and we felt pretty safe just to have her here. You know, at 87, it was her choice to come. Like, you know, if I get it, I get it. <laughs> I know. I think at this That's point, just a lot of people sometimes are just kind of just so over it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I understand they're just, it's, it's exhausting, right? And people's mental health is really deteriorating. I mean, who, I mean, it just, sometimes I laugh because I'm like, who would ever have thought that this would happen? Like that we'd be in a global pandemic. Right. But I'm, my house is, um, it was built in 1884 and I read something really cool and they said if your house is a hundred years old then someone was hiding in that house from a plague or from a from oh, a they had the Spanish flu yeah, in I don't know 1913 or something uh, six I don't know but you know this is the original exterior of the house it's it's a hundred be it's beautiful years old. um Things. I exposed it. I thought, I wonder if there's brick under there. And I started smashing it. And the painter was looking at me like, what are you doing? But it was interesting to think that a um, hundred years ago, someone was in this house hiding as well. Were they wearing masks? Did they have masks? Did they make them? Like, what did they do? I know. I think they, yeah, because 
someone was saying once like, oh, we're going to be wearing masks for the rest of our lives. I was like, but they had the Spanish flu and somehow like, cause I, and I saw pictures, they did wear masks then. They did? They did. Someone oh. had pictures. So they were wearing masks. So it was like, so at some point it went away, you know, but. Yeah, I don't believe that. I believe we're going to be a lot more careful about handshaking and. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting that the flu, the, the common flu had like no cases this year. I know. <laughs> From us being clean and I know. tidy. Maybe more people that don't usually don't get maybe the flu shot like actually did get it this year, possibly. Or they didn't leave the house. Or yeah. Thank <laughs> you so nice much. You. you too, be safe. Thank you, you too. Okay. Bye-bye, take care. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed the interview with Monica as much as I did. I had a great time speaking with her. Um, for fun facts for the episode, um, I don't really have much. Uh, spotlight would have been on Monica, so don't need to do that because uh, we spoke to her directly. Um, songs for this episode, uh, when David is talking to Kelly at the Peach Pit, it is Tears on My Pillow by Little Anthony and the Imperials. Oh, is that... I thought it was Smokey Robinson. I don't know. Um, and then when Donna and Kelly are kind of talking, uh, it is Don't Say Nothing Bad About My Baby by The Cookies. Um, and um, like I said during the episode, I, I do really believe that um, this episode, if aired today, would be very, very different. If it was not... Um, it would just get torn apart by the LGBT uh, community, which they're right to, because I think that um, some of the jokes and a lot of it just were just in poor taste, but it, it, I think it just goes to the time. This was 96, 2021 would be very different. So that is it for um, the fun facts and tidbits for the episode. Thank you for listening to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and if you'd like to reach out to me on social media, I'd love to hear from you guys. I am on Twitter at TheSamLev or on Instagram at SamLev28. So um, let me know what you think. Uh, please like, subscribe, comment on this podcast. Um, love the uh, feedback. From you guys, I've spoken to a few of you, so thank you so much um, for reaching out. Um, and we will see you next time for episode 20 for season six called Flying. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you then.